0: Lord, You are the fountain of life star of my soul I worship You today Lord, You are the fountain of life star of my soul I worship You today
1: Hello everyone, this is Charles Zuta, the host of the Fountain of Life podcast and I'm glad that you could join us today. Thank you so much if you've been subscribing to this podcast and uh, you'll be following all that we have been talking about in the beginning of our second season as a podcast i'll continue with our bigger theme for today's episode that is god's plan and purpose for success or prosperity that is god's plan and purpose for prosperity and the past couple of episodes we've looked at the blessings of tithing and offerings so we started off by saying that whenever we give to god any offering that we give to god we do it with the hard attitude of honoring him recognizing that it is He who is given to us, and we are returning in appreciation all the blessings, recognizing it and acknowledging it, and we are returning it to God who gave to us. In the past two episodes, we've started looking at the process of the tithe. What is the tithe? And also, what is the origin of the tithe? And we saw from last week's episode How Abraham gave a tenth of his war booty from defeating the kings that took the hostages of the people of Sodom and Gomorrah and we saw that Abraham gave in response to Melchizedek the priest of God who met Abraham from that war and he gave him bread and wine nourished Abraham And in recognition of all of that, Abraham gave a tenth of that war booty to Melchizedek. And that sets the stage for the tithe. Now, there will be a lot of blessings that is going to flow after this interaction with Abraham. That's Abraham, the tithe, and Melchizedek. There's going to be a lot of blessings that are going to come out of that. We'll look at those in subsequent episodes. So the tithe is primarily a tenth of our increase and we give it in recognition of God's generosity to us in recognition of God's mercies to us. Like I said, it's got nothing to do with your denomination or with it is between you and God. Essentially, it is your generosity towards God recognizing his mercies and his goodness towards you. And how he has blessed you. And the tithe came at a time when there was no law. So the bigger question that a lot of Christians confront is now we are under grace, do we still need to tithe? Because we are not under law, right? We shall go through all of those, God willing, in subsequent episodes. But the key thing, based on the principles of first appearance, is that the tithe is in recognition of God's provision for us. And God didn't demand it. The Echizedek didn't demand it of Abraham. He gave it of his own accord. And it's in recognition of who Melchizedek was and what he represented to Abraham. We saw that he didn't just bring bread and wine to Abraham. He also gave him a talking point. He reinforced Abraham's relationship with God. And he gave him a revelational knowledge about things in the material world. He said, you are blessed of God Almighty, who is the possessor of the heavens and the earth. And because of that knowledge that Abraham had, he could, he could stand up boldly to the king of Sodom and forget about the deal the king of Sodom was offering him to take the goods so he, the king, would take the people. Abraham said, no, I'm not doing that. I am a representative of God most high, who is the possessor of heaven and earth. And he is going to be the source of my riches. And because of that, I have lifted up my hands that I will not take even a shoelace or anything from you, lest you say you made Abraham rich. You can only make that kind of vow and that kind of pledge if you know the source of all that you have the akizedek showed abraham the way he reinforced that in abraham's heart even though he abraham himself said he lifted up his hands that after this war he is not going to profit from it lest the king of sodom should say he made abraham rich so we are talking about god's plan and purpose for success in life and if you are going to set up on a found, build on the foundation of righteousness. Build on a foundation that is solid and is God. Let God be the focus of your giving. Let God be the focus and the reason and the source of your prosperity. And that is what Abraham did. He didn't want to contaminate whatever God was planning to do. He didn't want the king of Sodom to steal God's thunder. As long as our as far as blessings and material acquisitions are concerned. He wanted God to do it alone. And he set the tone right by giving to God a recognition of God's goodness to him. Now, let us fast forward two generations from Abraham to Jacob as we continue to look at the tithe and how it opens doors to us and binds us to God. It is more than just an offering. It is more than just sending some money into a bank or somebody into a church coffers, or whatever we do with our tithe. The fact is that it establishes a relationship between us and God in a very, very powerful way. So tithe is crucial for us, even in the New Testament dispensation. Don't let anybody deprive you of that weapon that we have for financial growth and success in life. So, in Genesis chapter 28, the background to this story is very, very simple. You might have read it, or maybe you've heard sermons around it. Jacob had succeeded in getting the blessings of Abraham from his twin brother Esau. And he's been blessed, but there was a fallout. Esau wanted to kill him. And The parents, that is um, Isaac and Rebekah, thought that, you know what, the best way to handle this situation now is to send Jacob away to his uncle's house, far, far away. So Jacob is going to be on that journey. And we want to look at the circumstances of Jacob's life and how he leveraged the covenant or the vow of the tithe to his advantage. In a very, very uncertain situation. So I'll continue. We'll start reading from verse 10 of Genesis chapter 28. And this is what the Bible says. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. So he came to a setting place and stayed there all night. Because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. And he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. We all heard a story about Jacob's ladder. So this is Jacob's ladder. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. This 18. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that city had been loose previously. Then Jacob made a vow saying if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I'm going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace then the Lord shall be my God and this stone which I've set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. This is a long passage, but it just captures a young man heading out into life with a lot of uncertainties ahead of him. He's going to his uncle's house. He hasn't probably hasn't even met this uncle before. He doesn't even know what awaits him in that place. And the Bible says that he came to a certain place, and in the course of that journey, it was night, and he lay down to sleep. You can imagine the Bible says the sun has set, so definitely there was no light, and I don't think was carrying a torch. So imagine Jacob lying down in that wilderness. It's all night, with the stars for light and the moon for company, and the sun has set. Facing uncertain future, but at the same time also confronting the dangers of the present. That is being alone in a faraway land in a dark night. But you see, God is a very, very good God. In those moments of darkness, in those moments when we feel so all alone, when we feel like We are in the middle of wilderness. We are far from home and we are not also at our destination. In the middle of nowhere, as we say, in a dark night. That was the time God chose to reveal himself to Jacob. The question I ask myself, why didn't God reveal himself to Jacob earlier on? Much earlier on. But he waited until Jacob was at his most vulnerable. He was most uncomfortable. Of course, you can't have a good night's sleep with a stone as your pillow. You see, so it's not just he being somebody with the blessings of God, but also somebody that God has his eyes on him and he came to Jacob in a dream and the Bible says that he made he reinforced the promises that he made to Abraham with regards to their descendants remember at this stage he is now the one holding the covenant of Abraham in his hands and the Bible says that he revealed to Jacob and gave him assurances that I will do this for you, I'm going to bless you I'm going to make your descendants as the dust of the earth, I'm going to be with you wherever you go, and I'll bring you back. He assured Jacob, gave him assurance. I believe in our moments, in those dark moments, we want to hear God talk to us. We want to hear God. So he came to Jacob in his darkest night, in his darkest moments. How did Jacob respond to God's goodness and God's mercies to him? We all need reassurances. In our dark nights, when the sun has set, and we are all alone and we don't know what to do. Facing a certain future. God came to Jacob. That is the goodness of God. That is the generosity of God. And he reassured him. So how did Jacob respond? So when Jacob woke up, he said, surely the Lord is in this place and I don't know. And he was afraid. And he said, how awesome in this place. This is none other Than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. So Jacob caught a glimpse of God's mercy. He caught a glimpse of God's goodness. In, In his darkest moments. In his darkest hours. He caught a glimpse of God. Isn't it so amazing. That the light shines brightest. When it is darkest. You see the light. So Jacob saw God's light here. So in response to everything. That God had told him. Jacob set up the stone he had used as his pillow. Set it up as a pillow. poured oil on top of it. So there is some family trappings here. He must have seen his grandfather or maybe Isaac, his father, do these things. So there is some worship. There is some alignment with God running through that family somehow. So here we find him responding to God's interaction with him and God's promises to him. And this is what Jacob said. And Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I'm going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. He first gave himself to the Lord he made a vow to the Lord. He made a vow. He consecrated himself to God. And that is the basis of our offerings. God, he, he wants us to be generous. He wants us to, to prosper. He wants us to do well. But most importantly, he wants us. You see, he wants us. So when we are talking about giving, you can't give in isolation of your relationship with God. You give because you recognize something in your walk with God. God wants you more than your money, even though your money represents you. So Jacob here gave himself to God. He said, Lord, if you will keep me, in his vow, he built in that commitment to God. He said, if you will keep me all the place that I'm going, I just want the bare minimum. If you just give me food to eat, a clothing to put on, so that I come back safely to my father's house you be my God. He held God to the same promises that God had given him, that God said he was going to keep him and bring him back. He said, if you will do this, you'll be my God. He made a vow to the Lord. But most importantly, what is relevant to our topic this in this episode is that Jacob made a vow. He said, of all that you will give me, I will surely give a tenth to you started a giving process it wasn't Jacob it was God God was the one who came to Jacob in his darkest moments encouraged him, reassured him and gave him a comforting thought of his presence around his life and then Jacob responded to God's promises and God's words to him and then he says of all that you will give me I will surely give you a tenth. That's a tithe. God didn't demand anything from Jacob. It was Jacob out of the vol- his own volition, out of his f- response to God's goodness to him and his expectation of God's continuous generosity to him that he, he vowed the tithe. The tithe, therefore... Is more than just an offering to the Lord. It is more like a covenant business arrangement with God. You hold God to something. When he sees the tithe, he recognizes that this person knows me, recognizes me, expects something of me. The tithe can be your vow to prosperity and goodness. And it's not because God is demanding it, but it's because you recognize the goodness of God upon your life. In subsequent episodes, we are going to be looking at how this vow that Jacob made both to commit himself to God and also to give a tenth of all that God blesses Jacob became more like a tracking beacon on his life. And God will always refer to this in his dealings with Jacob. Remember, at the time he said this, he had nothing. So, don't wait until you become a millionaire before you say, now I can start tithing. Jacob vowed the tithe when he had nothing. Even if it's One dollar that you have at your disposal. Give 10% to God. Tell him, Lord, if you raise me up from this point, from paycheck to paycheck, and grant me wisdom and grace to create wealth, all that you give me, I'll give you a tenth. That is what Jacob did. He started from zero. He had nothing. But God saw his heart, so God recognized that vow. In closing on today's episode about the covenant of the tithe. Let us read Leviticus chapter 27 and look at the sacredness of the tithe. So long as God is concerned. This is going to be in the period of the law when God was giving commandments. Next week's episode, we'll look at why God captured tithing into the law. Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. This is what the Bible says. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's." This is what God is telling the people. At this point, they had multiplied. They become a big nation. They were on the verge of going into their inheritance and everything. And God was holding their hands to the place of prosperity. So even though the tithe started outside the law. We will see in verse 34. It says these are the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses For the children of Israel on Mount Sinai. So Mount Sinai. God captured the tithe into the law. And he expected Israel to tithe. Of the fruits, The their animals. Everything. Why did God do that? Join me next week Sunday. Let us look at the journey of the time. Why God encapsulated the time in the Lord. But most importantly, we also want to look at the blessings that flow into Jacob's life because of his vow. Thank you so much for joining us. And it's a real privilege to be sharing these truths with you. So if you don't already subscribe to our channel, please do so. It's on YouTube, Fountain of Life Podcast with Charles Suter and you can subscribe to our channel or if you prefer the audio version alone, you can do that on um, Amazon podcast or Apple podcast and all the places where you get your podcast. Now believe that God bless you. There's so many things out there on our channel that is going to be a blessing to you. Thank you so
0: much and may God bless you. Bless you.
1: Hello everyone, this is Charles Zuta, the host of the Fountain of Life podcast. I want to first express my sincere gratitude to God and to our audience members who have been part of this wonderful journey this past couple of months as we shared in God's word. As we draw this season to a close, we also want to look forward to our new season. And we want to turn our attention to something that is so important. That is, we want to look at the treasures of the kingdom. In the book of Luke chapter 12, the verse 32 to 34, Jesus encourages the disciples to sell what they have, get money bags, and also to look for treasures in heaven where it doesn't fail. Because where our treasure is, there, our heart will be. And in several other places in Scripture, God categorically mentions treasures. For instance, he says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field which a man found. And then he sold all that he had and came to buy it. So, there are things that God considers to be treasures. Paul will equally say we have this treasure in earthly vessels. So there are things that God considers to be treasures because of their value. The question we need to ask ourselves is, do we see through the eyes of God and prioritize the things that He prioritizes? What is treasure to us? So in this episode, we'll be having men of God come and share with us on various aspects the treasures of the kingdom There definitely are things that god categorically defines as being treasures so what should our attitude be towards those things and are we also equally playing the same game with god in terms of what he considers to be treasures so join us as we launch in season three beginning with this amazing topic Of the treasures of the kingdom because we don't want to labor for that which is not real bread and we don't want to cast our heads before swine and most importantly where our treasure is there our heart is so join us as we look at treasures of the kingdom God's perspective of our faith that might help change the way we view our faith and the things we spend our energy our efforts. May God richly bless you. And I look forward to having you join us on this amazing journey. Thank you all. God richly
0: bless you. Yes, Lord. You soul. I worship you today. Yeah.
1: The book of Matthew. 11, 28-29 Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest.